0: Screw it, screw it. We're just talk about comics. Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. And when I say comics, I mean comic books. This is the podcast where two brothers talk about the comics they grew up loving and continue to love. And we talk about them and we drone on about them and we tell you why we love them and we tell you what uh, we don't love about them, which is, you know, here and there, some stuff. Uh, your hosts... Our two brothers again. One of them is me, Kevin Hines.
1: And the other one is me, Will Hines.
0: That's right. And we are uh, performers, comedians, uh, writers, uh, uh, Renaissance men, mm-hmm. painters, sculptors, inventors. Yes, we have blueprints for a
1: flying machine. That's right. We think it'll revolutionize uh, travel. No more trains. You don't need trains anymore after we're done with our thing. Yeah,
0: we haven't been keeping up. There might be similar things also in production, but I think ours will be superior. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can get across the country in under a day.
1: Think about that. Yeah. You only have to stop for fuel every state.
0: Yeah, once a state, and some of the smaller states you can almost skip. You you should hit them just to play it safe, but. Yep. And then the bigger states, you got to stop twice, maybe. Yeah, it times. averages out. Once a time, once per state on average.
1: If you're going east-west across Pennsylvania, that's three stops. I mean, don't do that. Don't, we don't.
0: recommend like a zigzag approach mm-hmm. to hit most of the states. This
1: is a great country. You should take a look at it.
0: Yeah. Especially from our flying machine, which travels 12 feet in the air. You got to see it. Oh, oh yeah. That's great. Any forests, stop it. Well, watch out for trees and buildings. Mm-hmm. You got to follow the road still. But it's really fun. And you need to have a car pulling it. So traffic still is sort of an issue. Yeah, a little bit. Um, or a train. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, trains get in the way sometimes.
1: We're working up the kinks.
0: Anyway, we're here to talk about not our flying machine, but comic books.
1: Yeah, uh, we are doing this season Justice League International. And today okay. we're doing issue 11.
0: Yeah, uh, we are nearing the end of the first year of Justice League International, the surprise DC hit. Mm-hmm. where they took Justice League, the concept of the greatest superheroes that the DC universe has and gave them a bunch of B, C, and D-listers mm-hmm. and made it humorous and it worked. So it's a huge hit. We're wrapping up the first season and then this this uh, issue and next issue sort of kind of tie up the Maxwell Lord mystery. Yeah, what is with this guy? Yeah, this guy who sort of showed up, took charge of the team, and they let
1: him. Right, He's running the team. He charmed his way in with no authority or prerequisites or history and sort of conned his way into running it and they're letting him. I mean, he is a rich businessman, so I guess he's got that going for him, but this is a team
0: that also has Bruce Wayne on it, yeah, so right. uh, the perfect
1: uh, businessman, so you'd think he would run the team if that was the necessary thing. So we start to find out what the backstory is between Maxwell or behind Maxwell Lord. Yeah. What did you
0: think of this issue, Will? I loved it. Great.
1: It's the goofiest one yet, I think. Even goofier than Moving Day. Oh, interesting. I guess not sure cuz Moving Day nothing really happened except for just like jokes. But the the this is what it, there is real action in this story, but the jokes were like I mean they never stopped their sitcomy tone. Do you know what I mean? Like in yeah. some of the early issues you'd be like in joking mode, then the fight would start and you'd be like, "Okay, this is serious. We got to be serious." Couple of quips, but mostly serious. You know the Gray Man, but right. now it's just like the jokes don't stop. It's basically well, it's also a interesting.
0: Game. Like Moving Day came, and that was sort of an all joke issue. Then they had to do the Millennium crossover for two issues. Yeah, they had to do some superhero stuff there. Yeah, and so now it's they're both tying up Maxwell Lord and also revisiting their sort of new voice for this book.
1: Yeah, exciting. Um, what did you think of it? I uh, liked it as
0: well. I I found these two issues, 11 and 12, not as good as the, I, I didn't enjoy them as much as the first nine, I would say, but mm-hmm. I still like
1: them. Well, we're ending on, we're ending on a weak point then, because we're going to do this issue, next issue, then move on to Justice League Europe. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that uh, makes it a high point because those issues are great. Okay, great. Um, Want to talk about the cover?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a great cover. I there's think this
0: just, is a striking cover, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's this, like, a huge robot hand, like, King Kong-sized robot hand grasping a lot of the members of the Justice League between its fingers, and they're all struggling to get out. It looks great.
0: It looks great. Um, it's it's beautiful. A lot of white around the um, robot fist to sort of draw your eyes towards the action in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every... I mean, like Mr. Miracle's face is great, and, and yeah. the fact that, like, Booster's kind of coming out of the bottom. It just... There's a lot going on, a lot of personality going on despite the fact that this is a purely action cover.
1: Yeah, they look they all look sort of helpless.
0: Yeah, even Batman.
1: Even Batman, even Martian Manhunter who I think is strong enough to do what he's trying to do here pretty easily.
0: Yeah. Uh it's, it's a great cover. This would make me interested in this comic. This is, I mean it also makes Kevin Maguire look great, which he is great, so mission accomplished there.
1: Mission accomplished. Um Well, I'm done. That's it. Great. Let's go into the first page. Okay. Splash page. It's called Constructions. And we see a sort of close-up one shot of Maxwell Lord giving a big toothy salesman grin saying, gentlemen, gentlemen, do come in. And we, the regular readers of Justice League, know, oh, Maxwell Lord is up to something.
0: Yeah. I like that this issue starts with him alone because I do think these two issues are Maxwell Lord focused. So it just sort of hits that he's a character. He's not, he's no longer like this skulking threat or mystery in the Justice League. He's a member of the team. He is, a, he's a cast member. He is a, you know, before the credits role
1: name. Serious regular. That's what we call him in LA. Yeah. Um, so uh, page two, we see that Maxwell Lord is talking to Captain Adam and John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. Uh, Two members of the Justice League International that he runs. Yeah. uh, They do not know why he's called them there, but they're there. Martian
0: Manhunter is the leader of the Justice League now. Batman has stepped aside and Martian Manhunter has taken charge of the team. Mm -hmm. Captain Adam is a new member of the team, the American uh, representative. He's been forced on the team by America. But he was also, I think these guys were both big parts of Millennium.
1: Okay. Uh, A boring crossover event that we don't like.
0: Yeah, that we're not talking about. But it was a crossover that involved lots of characters. um, And Maxwell Lord is talking about that a little bit here.
1: Basically saying, hey, you guys just saved the universe. That's so great. So you're my guests. Mm -hmm. Uh, Referring to this big crossover event that just happened. And he is waiting for, he says, the other members. But he doesn't mean the other members of the Justice League International in its current form. He means the other people that were teaming up with... John Jones and Captain Adam in the Millennium Event, meaning the old school Justice League folks.
0: Right, the characters who were in the previous issue: Superman, Hawkman, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern, who uh, originated the role in the Silver Age.
1: Yeah, Maxwell Lord is hoping to see those guys, and John Jones has to break it to him: they're not coming; they're gone.
0: Yeah, that group was temporary. Max, we gathered together to meet the crisis, and once the crisis passed, Maxwell Lord goes: "They're gone, like the wind."
1: Even John Jones is getting a little jokey.
0: Yeah, and then Maxwell Lord pounds on his
1: desk, furious. How could you do this to me? How could you stab me in the back like this? It's really funny because he was just singing their praises. Yeah, he definitely seems unhinged. He right seems here. nuts, and he has. We really haven't seen him be nuts like this in previous issues. He's normally very well composed.
0: Yeah, explain, you idiot. Uh, uh, any idiot could see it without explanations. Then s- assume I'm an idiot, Max. I need power. <laughs> the raw power Superman and the others could have provided. I mean, he's full on villain mode here.
1: Yeah, this is, this is a supervillain confession. This is what it sounds like.
0: Uh, I need prime heroes, not a bunch of weak ne- need second stringers. Weak
1: need? He's assuming their knees are knocking? That's an insult.
0: Yeah. Especially to
1: these two. These are the only two members who have, like, real power. Yeah, this is like a walking nuclear reactor and a Martian who can shapeshift. Yeah, a Superman-level
0: Martian and Captain Adam, who is up there. I mean, these guys are both A-list power levels.
1: But we're in full Justice League jokey mode. So when Maxwell Lord is showing his big supervillain speech and he calls them weak, need second stringers, they're kind of chill about it. Captain Adam says, boy, did you hear what he just called you? And John That's a Jones, funny move.
0: That's a good move.
1: Yeah, John Jones says perhaps he was referring to you, and Captain I goes must have been talking about pause blue beetle. You know what the kind of humor is, Kevin? It's like I think I've said it before. It's like action movie humor. You know, it's like the sort of like tough guy. The group of tough guys are going to catch the predator or something, but the predator's not here yet, and so they're just kind of like, you know, talking trash or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah, it's a more modern it, action movie not Arnold Schwarzenegger sliced alone. It's like a group of uh, characters, a bunch of character actors hanging out.
1: Yeah. But the jokes are all just kind of like, you know, so wait a minute, there's a villain made of two sons who could wipe out earth in an instant. And we're going in without a plan. Seems that way. I love it. Like (laughs) that kind of, that kind of tone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to call that Bruce Willis action movie humor.
0: Sure. Bruce Willis would be great in a Justice League International. He'd be
1: great as Captain Atom. Done. <laughs> um, so uh, they're thinking of leaving while Max has the uh, has a meltdown. And then Max says, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he'd be, he, he says, oh, it's just, oh, gosh. And he starts to tell them something. I need those heroes, the best, the greatest, to save me from what, says John Jones. I have enemies. You're my last hope. Explain. And we don't see that explanation.
0: Yeah, we cut away to a computer who's monitoring this discussion.
1: Yeah, which this does confuse me. I I haven't read the next issue yet, so I don't remember where this goes. I I know this is like part of the explanation, but it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there is a, somebody is monitoring this conversation on a computer. Yes. And they're... So we see the thoughts of the entities slash entities watching this computer. Good. Despite the loss of Superman and the others, all proceeds accordingly. But we don't know who that is.
0: Yeah. Uh, Then we cut back to the Justice League and we see the new member of the team uh, who is another Rocket Red. The last Rocket Red turned out to be a member of the evil Manhunter troops. (laughs) So now they have another uh, Rocket Red. And this guy is on uh, Justice League. Uh, one form or another for a long time after this. This is Dimitri, um, uh, the real Rocket Red in my mind.
1: The real Rocket Red. He's no, he's Rocket Red number four. They all have numbers. There's yeah. like this super team from the Soviet Union.
0: Though in issue 13, which we're not covering, he's mistakenly given number 11. Oh, weird. Because uh, a different person draws it.
1: Uh, well, he's number four. And he's Dimitri, and we kind of set up his character here. He's like a goofball. He's really like kind of fun. He talks about his wife a lot. He makes these dumb little jokes that aren't clear because of language stuff.
0: Yeah, he is the rocket red that Black Canary kicked in the face uh, a few issues ago.
1: And he proudly shows his missing tooth. He's like smiling.
0: Yeah, he doesn't mind that she did it. My wife uh, says
1: this gap is charming.
0: Yeah. Uh, Black Canary is sort of unfazed by that, or, or maybe she feels the uncomfortableness, but kind of moves on beyond it. But this this uh, Rocket Red is really fun. He's a really nice guy. Um, he's optimistic. He's pretty powerful, too. This team needs power, and he is basically like a low-rent Iron Man.
1: Yeah. Um, so they're walking through the New York headquarters, the New York Embassy, Oberon says an alert's coming in and uh, Black Canary's like, what, when, from who, from where? Oberon's like, which question would you like me to answer first? Don't be a wise guy. Oberon, hey, I'm just having a little fun with you, which is what Rocket Red has been saying. Right. And Black Canary kind of grabs his neck, goes, Oberon, but her face, looks like she's not really mad.
0: No, it looks playful-ish. Okay. Uh, Picking on Oberon, the unpowered... Uh, assistant to the team. <laughs>
1: yeah. Kind of harassment right there. Um but who cares? Not me. So, uh Dimitri puts on his uniform and they are going off to answer this alert.
0: Yeah, the, the whole team kind of gathers into the shuttle um and races off to Maxwell Lord's office. Uh, and this includes Blue Beetle, Mr. Miracle, Booster Gold, Black Canary, Guy Gardner,
1: who's in nice Guy Gardner mode still, and Rocket Red. So we cut to the inside of the shuttle. As always, there's tons of room inside the shuttle. You can just walk around. You can do laps. Um, A few more seats than I'm used to. That's nice. Yeah, usually it's just a big open area, but we have a couple seats. And so this is one of those, like, when they're all in the room and they all get, like, a little moment to show their character. Uh, Booster Gold is nauseous from a teleportation, which he never is, but he is here. Yeah, this one really got to him. I forgot that he could teleport.
0: He didn't teleport. The team has teleportation capabilities. They have teleportation tubes. I see. Teleporting from our cave HQ to the hangar didn't agree with me because those were the teleportation tubes. Are there's teleportation tubes throughout all the embassies? Issue eight had them teleporting all
1: over. Okay, I forgot. Uh, he wants some Pepto Bismol. Um, Guy Gardner is being really nice to Rocket Red. Like, ooh, you must let me take you on a tour of New York and. Rocket Red is like, this is very strange. You look like Guy Gardner.
0: <laughs> You're right. Guy Gardner was hated by the Rocket Red um, because he was a menace.
1: He was an awful person. Yeah, but now he's still in nice guy mode because Batman punched him, I don't know, six months ago or whatever, and he's still in this mode. Oh, and Batman's also on the ship. I forgot. You can only see
0: his, his shoulder in one shot, but he is nervous because John and Captain Adam are our two most powerful members. What could possibly have taken them out?
1: Yeah, so he's worried. Also, you have Mister Miracle and Be- Blue Beetle talking about comic books. Um, I actually did read a few comic books once. Yeah, what would you think? Says Blue Beetle, "Too far fetched." That is a classic comic book joke. Whenever the characters yeah. in superhero comics talk about superhero comics, they talk about how dumb they are. That is, yeah, st- they
0: talk about how like this would never, ha- this would only happen in comic books. This
1: thing that's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a Stan mm-hmm. Lee type of thing. It You've is. been reading too many of those terrific Marvel comics. I mean, you
0: can also see that on TV shows or movies, right? What is this? Some kind of TV show or uh, yeah. Top Secret definitely has that line. Like it feels like some kind of dumb movie or something like that. And they look at the camera.
1: Yeah. Um, Top Secret's really good.
0: Top Secret is great. Not a yeah. comic book. Not part of our purview, which is uh, flying aircraft and comic books.
1: That's right. So, uh, Batman is still worried. So they're in their shuttle and a missile start getting fired at them. Yeah. While Booster Gold is puking. <laughs> um, so here's what I mean. Like on page seven, it starts with the shuttle approaching Maxwell Lord's office in the United nations or near the, oh, I don't know where, but yeah, somewhere in where Manhattan. It
0: some big office building.
1: And blue beetle season goes, there she blows. And Mr. Miracle goes, there she blows. And Blue Beetle's like, hey, I'm in the middle of rereading Moby Dick. Call me Blue Ishmael. Oh, it's Batman he's talking to.
0: Um, <laughs> that's a terrible person to be trying to do uh, riff jokes with. But.
1: but. The missiles get fired at them. Mr. Miracle sees them and goes, demons of apocalypse. And Blue Beetle's like, funny, they look like missiles to me. Right? That's yeah. what I mean. We got, we got jokes aplenty. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that a lot. I, I mean, I love, as I've mentioned in the past, I like Mr. Miracle's constant referencing of apocalypse and New Genesis. He doesn't want people to forget.
1: You know, I'm from New Genesis. Yeah. He doesn't go, yikes. He's Demons of Apocalypse. It's a mouthful. You have to decide to say that. Yeah, you can't just casually drop it. You were thinking about it long before you said it when you say Demons of Apocalypse.
0: Uh, so they're making taking evasive maneuvers to avoid these missiles. Um, and Batman suggests ramming the building. 18th floor.
1: Uh, and so they do it and they ram through the building a little weird in a post nine 11 world to see a flying craft go right through a skyscraper, but this is a pre nine 11 world. So
0: yeah. Building stayed up.
1: Yep. So, uh, we cut to inside the building. The floor is demolished. They, but, uh, Batman knew that they'd be safe in there and that would help them evade the missiles.
0: He also knew there's nobody on that floor
1: except for Maxwell Lord, right?
0: Yeah, uh, he said, uh, what if Max had been, Black Canary asks, and Batman said, Jean and Captain Atom could have handled it. It's
1: pretty, pretty big gamble, I think. But um, Yeah,
0: but Batman's right. He's always right. Also, uh, Batman re- reveals that Black Canary is in charge uh, because Black Canary asks, so now what? And Batman's response is, you picked up the alert, and in the absence of the team leader, that puts you in command.
1: And she's happily, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, But then something starts happening. We see that uh, the rubble beneath their feet starts rumbling, and from it emerges Captain Adam, who's encased in metal tentacles.
0: Yeah, like Dr. Octopus is here, but he's not, because that's a different comic book universe.
1: Blue Beetle says, look, it's Captain Adam, grappling with dozens of mechanical arms and tentacles. Did I just say that?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Blue Beetle is firmly entrenched as just comic relief. Uh, Then he Uh, yells out,
1: (laughs) Adam, what's going on? And Captain Adam's getting like, Pulled back down through the floor by the metal arms, and he says one word per word balloon. I really can't talk right now. Exclamation yeah. point.
0: I uh, I love Giffen's use of word balloons. I uh and James Dematteis. I, th- I I sort of feel I credit that to Giffen. Maybe that's not fair since James Dematteis does all the scripting. Um, but he does a and I mentioned before he does just a great job of pacing dialogue through word balloons. or these guys do or Giffen does or both of them. Um, it it, it helps sell the humor.
1: I think. Yep. Um, Batman descends down, follows Captain Adam down through the hole. black canary comes after him. Um, yeah, she and says, Hey,
0: I thought I was in charge here to Batman who jumps in first and he goes, you were, <laughs> which is very Batman.
1: Yeah. Um, but then he's about to get attacked by mechanical arms and she orders him to duck so her, she can use her sonic scream to dismantle the arms he does duck she does use the sonic scream and it works and batman kind of thinks she's saving me yeah the team looks pretty effective here because then rocket red goes in who's new to the team doesn't really know these guys stand back everyone my armor will protect me from harm let me go first to meet the foe and I also want to remind the audience that when Kevin and I do Russian accents, we can only do Dracula voices. Yeah, they we, they,
0: get, they veer Dracula very quickly.
1: We don't know how to do Russian accents, so we do good <laughs> grief. The corridors are crawling with these arms. I was
0: trying my best, but I, uh, mm-hmm. I've done Russian accents before, but I... Uh, I think you
1: did it all right. You did it all right. I was, I was more like setting the expectations reasonably, so you didn't sure, feel no, pressured that's to fair, keep
0: that's it up. Fair. Um But yeah, Rocket Red blasts these tentacles... Um, so they're doing pretty good. Oh, uh, but also we get a little bit of Rocket Red's character, which is to say silly things. He goes, good grief. The corridors are crawling with them.
1: Yeah. And Batman um, goes, good grief. And Rocket Red's like, there is something wrong with good grief.
0: It just and doesn't Batman's- sound right coming from you.
1: I am trying to, how do you say, pepper my lingo with Americisms, blah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. And which he does throughout. And it's, a constant source of humor from rocket red as he tries to fit in and over Americanizes what he is saying. But it's a fun trait, especially when the early issues, like some of these characters couldn't figure out what their, uh, character game was rocket red has one right away. Yep. Um, Out that everything is being powered by the building's electricity, so it's not like an outside source. The building itself is attacking them.
1: So they ask Guy Gardner, nice Guy Gardner, to take his electric take his um his power ring and via an electric socket kind of like overload the building with power so it shuts down.
0: Yeah. He's nervous about letting the team down because he's nice Guy
1: Gardner. And but he does it because he is probably the most powerful member of the team or one of them with that power ring. And uh, he fills up the building with energy, and it shorts out, and the arms go dead. So he did save the day.
0: Yeah. Guy Gardner. I mean, also, uh, I I sort of said Captain Adam and Martian. I I keep saying this team is depowered, but I always forget there's a Green Lantern on the team, because he's generally proven to be ineffective. But a Green Lantern is a very powerful character.
1: And adding Captain Adam and Rocket Red, they are actually pretty powerful now.
0: Yes. Uh, Now, both of them leave for Justice League Europe, which... Um, I'll talk more about when we get to Justice League Europe, severely depowers the Justice League America team. Okay. Um, But for now they're here, so it's great.
1: And... uh, For the next
0: year, the team is amply powered.
1: uh, Black Canary sort of rubs Batman's face in the fact that she saved him a little bit. Um, You know, are you mad that I... I hope you don't mind the fact that I saved us all without consulting you, Batman. And Batman says, Canary, you know I'm above such petty rivalries. And she's like, "Of course you are, dear, but you know yes. he's he's not. we know that he's petty, we know that and he she's is.
0: kind of rubbing in his face by her body language, and I love it. Black Henry doesn't get a lot to do, so it's fun that she gets something to do here
1: um, so now they want to go find the others. They do find John Jones and Captain Adam and Maxwell Lord in what's left of his office. uh Captain Adam is using a fire extinguisher to sort of put out some flames. Funny to see a superhero using a fire extinguisher, yeah, yeah, yeah."
0: It is very mundane of him. you think he'd have some sort of Captain Adam power to do
1: that. It's very Boy Scout, you know. Which, you know,
0: that fits Captain Adam. He is a military man.
1: And uh, so everybody is suspicious of Maxwell Lord because it's his building and these things were powered by it. But he has said that he is under some kind of threat. So they're also sort of wondering and... Um, he begins to tell the story, but then we don't hear the story. We just cut to them leaving. So this is the second time he starts to tell the story and the second time we don't hear it. Yeah. Interesting.
0: And we get a little bit of recap as the team is leaving. Sounds to me like Max has gone paranoid, claims he's being watched, that his computer
1: system has been taken over by an outside force, that they're out to get him. And then somebody else says, yeah, but the building did turn on him. Something must have been behind it.
0: Yeah, and they're then, talking about this thing called the Construct, which is, I guess, is an old Justice League foe that I'm not familiar with because I'm don't, i not steeped in old Justice League history.
1: It seems like a huge leap. They're just kind of like, let's just pick one of our villains from our past and assume that that's it.
0: Yes, uh, but Batman made that huge leap, and Batman's always right. The Construct is a nearly invincible computer mind, a mind capable of controlling every electronic device on the planet. And that sounds uh, pretty bad.
1: Sounds really, really mean. So they're so, going
0: to look for that thing.
1: And Max kind of knew where it was, which bet, which makes Batman suspicious because Max seems scattered and like, he didn't have a story straight. Like he was either confused or subdued, but then he knew exactly where to send them to fight the construct. And so he wonders if it's a trap, but either way, they're going to go check it out. So it doesn't matter.
0: Yep. Um, and they're getting very suspicious. They get their um, miracle. Mr. Miracle uh, immediately says like, yeah, there's an unbelievably strong power source that matched Exactly where Max sent us. Uh, which which uh, uh, John Jones says, all the more reason for us to be suspicious. Uh, Beetle responds, hey, come on, guys. Has Max ever done anything to make us suspicious of him before? Which the response is, he's done everything to make us suspicious of him. Yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, here we, we're here. Yep. <laughs> which is uh, very funny.
1: Another little funny joke on the next page. John Jones says, fairly large area. I don't think even Blue Beetle could pinpoint the... And Blue Beetle goes, I've pinpointed the source of the power emanations.
0: Yeah. John Jones, ever the straight man? You enjoyed that, didn't you?
1: And so uh, we see the source of the power emanations. An enormous robot, indeed the construct, rises from the earth. This is the owner of the huge robot hand that has them in his clutches on the cover. Yeah. And uh, begins ju- fighting the Justice League.
0: Uh, John Jones in the Justice League Unlimited uh, cartoon was played almost like the vision from the Avengers, sort of an emotionless because he's alien for a lot of his delivery. And even though this John Jones clearly has emotion, sometimes I think of his lines delivered with that same sort of robotic absence of emotion lines. And they really do sell things, some of his lines. But yes, the robot has attacked.
1: Um, There's a little running gag where Captain Adam is trying to establish a catchphrase for the team. His first one is Justice League assemble, which is pretty funny.
0: Yeah, uh, I hate this joke. Uh, not this joke here in particular, but I, this is a joke in so many team comic books. It is a very overplayed joke of, uh, we need some sort of catchphrase when we leap into battle. But I think there's only like two teams that have it. Avengers Assemble and the Titans have Titans together. Hmm, okay. But like Justice League has never had one. I don't think the X-Men have one. It's it's not like a trope of teams to have like a catchphrase. I mean But the Avengers th- Assemble one is
1: so famous. Thing goes uh, it's Clobber in time. But that's not a fantastic four catchphrase. But it it, it does seem like superheroes often have a I associate yeah. it with superheroes to have like the thing they say.
0: Yeah, but Spider Man doesn't have a catchphrase, you know? Superman has exclamations, but he doesn't have a catchphrase. Like it's right. up up and away. But he, like leap, I don't know. It is this thing where it's like, oh, we need this. It's such a go-to joke. And it, it rankles me because I'm like, I don't think that is the thing superheroes have. The ones that do should be, they're the weirdos.
1: Well, it's because it's the mid eighties and there still weren't a bunch of like top tier level books that were just constantly making jokes like this. Well, like for yes. a, for an actual funny book, like Mad Magazine or something, even a more indie book. But there weren't really a ton of indie books that you would buy at this time. You basically only had access to what the direct market shops gave you access to. I can't
0: remember if the joke bothered me in the time I read it initially, but I've seen this joke hundreds of times. There's certain jokes. It's just like once you've heard them too many times, it's just sort of like, ugh, I, I can't handle it in any form. Anyway, that's one of them.
1: Uh, what if the X-Men had one? What if they were like, let's get uncanny? Uh, I mean, the closest the X-Men have is to me, my X-Men, right? Uh, when, when Professor X says it? He summons them, which I think is not a thing
0: he says very often or didn't much until like the nineties or aughts, but it was like a thing that he was, it was like one of those things that felt like he said a lot, but he didn't actually.
1: How about X marks the spot? That's not good. What if Wolverine was like, I'm going to snick the heck out of you? That's bad. What if Cyclops was like, here's mud in my eye, but instead of mud, try lasers. I think this is
0: a good time to take our break as we'll brainstorm catchphrases.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll take our break and we'll be right back.
0: With more catchphrases. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to
1: Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. What if the Hulk was like, it ain't easy being green for you. (laughs) That's so belabored. (laughs) Oh, man, that's bad. What if Thor's was like, some people actually pray to me. Like he, you know, introduced (laughs) a theological conundrum every time uh he... Started mm-hmm. a battle. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun.
0: Okay. Well, those are bad.
1: Do you remember Zot, the the hero from the 80s that most people don't know but we know? Yes, I know. We could cover that in a future season. I would love to. What if he was like X-Marks the Zot? <laughs> so you're reusing <laughs> the one I didn't like for the X-Men. I thought for maybe Zot. I'm putting the pun in a different part of the phrase. (laughs) Yeah, but it's the same (laughs) phrase. Uh, Why is that a thing that someone would say
0: leaving the battle anyway? Why would someone say X marks the spot before combat?
1: It's catchy. Like Avengers
0: Assemble is like, team, let's all get together and do this thing. So at least there's some aspect about it.
1: How about if comic book writer Mark Millar, when he wrote a comic, he was like, X marks the spot. (laughs) Wow, that's great. Um, That one works. I'm out of ideas. (laughs) so you three of them were experts (laughs) the spot i'm i don't know i'm drained that's all i got okay anyway um
0: captain says justice league assemble and they attack the robot
1: (laughs) so then it gets really confusing to me because we cut now back to that computer monitor that is that was sort of spying on maxwell lord this is like a
0: modern godzilla movie where the action starts and we cut away so we don't get to watch it
1: Yeah. So like during this battle, now we're seeing it as viewed on some computer screen. We don't see who's watching the computer screen, but we hear their thoughts and their thoughts are they react just as predicted. Give them a recognizable foe and manipulation is effortless. Okay. So this thing wants them to fight. We don't know why. But then the computer screen themselves that it's watching says construct return to home base. And then there's also a speech balloon that says, what is going on here? So it's like, there's the computer, there's the, there's the caption of the thing watching the computer Mm -hmm. monitor. There's the computer monitor itself, construct return to home base. And then there is somebody just talking. What is going on here?
0: Do you want me to explain? Yes. So the the computer screen and the caption boxes are the same. Okay. So one is just the computer thinking to itself and one is it commanding the construct. The word balloon is somebody else.
1: Somebody's walked in on it and said what's going on Yes, and we're not supposed
0: to know who that is. I mean,
1: I don't know if we're supposed
0: to necessarily know what's going on with the computer either. You could – maybe Giffen and Dematis want you to think someone's running this computer, but it is the computer itself doing all this.
1: I associate this with Keith Giffen where I just can't quite tell who's talking and what's going on. And uh, this is – that's happening here. Yeah, I think Giffen –
0: makes you pay attention. He wants you to read these dialogues and pay attention and be okay, not knowing everything until it's revealed. Um, it is revealed, just not yet.
1: Okay. So we cut back to the robot and he is now running away from the battle because he's been ordered to go back to home base Mm -hmm. and the justice league considers just letting him go because the, they could be now free of him, but they want to know what's going on or John Jones wants to know what's going on. So they follow him.
0: Yeah, there's a little bit where Blue Beetle fails, doesn't start following it right away, even though um, Batman orders Blue Beetle to start doing because he's like, follow him, and Blue Beetle's response is, actually, he's an it. And, which and Batman misses.
1: goes, then follow it. Well, then maybe, maybe again it is a he. <laughs> now, Beetle, I'm following, I'm following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a little,
0: um, you know, he gets caught up in his own thought process and doesn't do his job as a superhero. I mean, his main job is flying the ship and he's kind of dropped the ball there.
1: Okay. Then we cut back to the computer. It's watching the robot return to its home base, the construct. And now the computer is saying on its screen, they have turned me into their slave. That is why I called you. So the evidence is
0: before your eyes, master. I try to stop them. So the computer's talking to his master. I try to stop them, but I'm not strong enough. They make me do things. They've turned me into their slave. That is why I called you. They mean to dominate this world. I've shown you the files. You see how they have made me secure their international status for them against my will. Now they forced me to make replicas of the world leaders. And we see that he's made uh, a Ronald Reagan and two other white men. Uh, It does not take much to imagine what they have planned. You must stop them. And he's talking to somebody. We only see his eye. Um, And the person thinks, odd. I seem to be detecting a new kind of data as if a spark of sentience had
1: and then the robot bursts in. Right. Master, help me. And then this being in the chair, which I guess was the being watching the computer, goes, Master?
0: Right. He's not the master of the construct. The construct is actually talking to the computer, but there's some confusion happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the big robot has fallen in. The Justice League has followed the robot here as all part of the computer's plan. Uh, guy Gardner's worried about the robot. Poor guy went right through the side of a mountain. hmm <laughs> John,
1: promise me we won't beat him up anymore. Um, and Mister Miracle looks inside the cave where the robot has collapsed, recognizes something not on Earth. Oh no! And we hear from off-panel, "Who dares?" And then the final panel of the comic is Metron. Who dares threaten Metron? Who's a character from the New Gods, from the from New Genesis, right? Yes, he's a, a he's
0: a good new god from New Genesis. He's like the god of uh, just intelligence or something.
1: He just knows a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. So, Mister Miracle recognizes him because he's from New Genesis. Uh, but who dares threaten Metron? Blue Beetle's responses. Uh, we do, I guess. <laughs> Which is a very funny response. And that's so. The end of Metron the issue. is the one who was talking to the computer, but he was has not. He just showed up. This is his beginning of. He kind of shows him and Goes, what's going on with this computer here? And the computer's like a master, so the computer works for Metron. Look what the humans have made me do. Okay, yeah. So now you're left with two things here. You can assume Maxwell Lord is the person who is running the computer, right? Uh, but Metron also thinks that the computer has some sort of sentience. The computer is coming to life, which next okay. year at issue will have confirmed that the computer is his own master. Okay. The computer is the threat, but we don't know
1: that yet. So the computer is lying when he's like, look at what the humans are making me do. He's just covering.
0: This is is the computer's plan all along. Because we've also seen in previous issues that Maxwell Lord doesn't have full control over this computer either. Right. Maxwell Lord didn't unleash the satellite that attacked the UN or attacked America when the UN was considering not approving the international status. Uh, Maxwell Lord did not order that. He was surprised by that. He didn't think his computer could do it. And he was like, oh, it did do this. We also know that satellite was from New Genesis. Because Mister oh. Miracle recognizes as a New Genesis testing uh, thing, which is oh, why he yeah, knew it wouldn't right. hurt him. Um,
1: oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that.
0: So there's certain moments like that, and I think there might have been even a moment in the first arc that I can't remember now, where there's something else from New Genesis that Mister Miracle recognizes. Yeah. So there's a few moments where Mister Miracle is recognizing that there's uh, New Gods tech. Exciting. And it's all because this computer has been using it. Exciting. But what's going to happen next issue is they're going to think Metron is the threat. Um, At least initially.
1: Okay. Thank you, Kevin, for explaining that.
0: No problem. Some of this is all clarified next issue. Like you're not supposed to know all of that now, but you're supposed to be like, I think you are. It is pretty clear that Metron has just shown up. Yes. Uh, he doesn't okay. know what's going on any more than the Justice League. And Maxwell Lord hasn't told us everything. We know that. So Maxwell Lord may be evil. The computer may be evil. Metron may be evil. But Metron's not an evil character, so.
1: And Maxwell Lord hasn't really been. He had a chance to be and he's not, so.
0: Um, What was your favorite moment from this issue, Will Hines?
1: I think my favorite moment is Captain Adam being sucked to the floor and going, I can't really talk right now, exclamation point.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very, that's a fun moment. It's I mean, I also just love how effective the team is in that sequence. As I said, even though they're still making jokes, they've got that balance of making jokes and still being effective superheroes. Yeah. Uh, my favorite moment probably is this thing I read at the very end where Guy Gardner is hoping they don't keep fighting the robot.
1: <laughs> it's Promise a maybe we won't hurt him anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, he's just like his hands outstretched, like oh, look at how bad this is. He's such a one eighty from where he was in those early issues. He feels bad about hurting a robot when before he wanted to punch every human he saw,
1: <laughs> except for good old Ronnie Reagan.
0: Um, yeah, a pretty good issue. Um, all things considered, I think the Maxwell Lord stuff. Um. I sort of tie these two issues together and it's sort of, I don't know, we'll talk more about it next issue. Um, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's a conclusion, but it, I don't know if it leaves me going, Ooh, what an epic end of the first year of Justice League International. Just sort of like, and that's done. Um, which leaves me not loving this issue as much as some of the earlier ones, but I still really like it. I'd love this first year overall.
1: Yeah. Uh, they got going right away and they're still going. They like yeah. arrived at their tone very early. These guys are good at their job. Um, do we have an email, Kevin Hines? We
0: do. We have a handful of emails well, Hines. Good. Uh, if you want to email us, email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. Screw it, Spidey. Even though our podcast is called Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics. Our first season was all about Spider-Man, so we stuck with that Gmail. It's hard to change.
1: And we have an Instagram account, uh, screw it comics. That one is easy to find. If you know the name of our podcast, mm-hmm. we also have screw it recent and screw it spidey Instagrams, but screw it comics. That's the main one you should follow for this. Yeah, podcast. That's where I
0: post images from these issues.
1: And we also have a Twitter account, screw it comics, which is mostly just reposting the Instagram. Although uh, Kevin will respond to you there. If you want to, if you want to tweet at us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to keep up with that. Um, we're good somebody to our fans, us,
1: Stan Lee style.
0: Somebody tweeted us recently because uh, we had mentioned we might do a Secret Wars season in the future. Yeah. And they would love that
1: idea. And I said, uh, we might do it. Well, my response was non-committal. See? So that's the kind of influence you can not have on us if you tweet at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think we <laughs>
0: probably will end up doing it, if we, uh, depending on how many seasons we do of the show. Yeah. Uh, it will season.
1: A, Secret Wars is on our short list of things we like, for sure. Yeah. I think be, it'd be fun be, to it'd cover. It'd be a good excuse to talk about... Jim Shooter and that whole era because that that was when we were in our prime initial comics reading phase so we have a yeah. lot of sentimental attachment to that time
0: and it touches on so many characters we could sort of use it to sort of talk about what we know about any of those characters yeah um, anyway uh, save that for our Secret Wars season uh, our first email comes from when he doesn't ask a question but he, he says nice things about us so I'm going to read part of it anyway okay I uh, just wanted to say thanks for your incredibly fun podcast. I found it through Will plugging it on Comedy Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Several of his characters were among my favorite appearances on the podcast. He's Ooh. in my top five CBB
1: improvisers. Oh my gosh, that's rarefied company. Thank I'm you. I'm not going to name the other is.
0: four because they're
1: not you. <laughs> also, I'm I'm not even in my own top twenty <laughs> favorite CBB <laughs> performers. So that's that's nice to hear. Uh, but he's read your book, Will. He's doing improv. Oh goodness! Uh,
0: he listens to I will write your book, your other podcast. Oh, thank you. So this guy is all in on the Will Hines train.
1: I sent you this email. I have to let you know. <laughs> so wow. this email is from
0: me. <laughs> I wish he mentioned me more, but uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have enough books and/or other podcasts.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta get in on that.
0: Uh, but even the Will Hines super fan says, with the exception of the FF season, those were a <laughs> lot of issues to read in a week. And last yeah. night on Earth, I've kept up with every issue you guys have discussed. Yeah. Um. Uh, That's a anyways. very re- reasonable expectation to meet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sadly, because of COVID nineteen and the current administration's legendary incompetence, I'm one of the casualties of unemployment. So am I. Uh, needless to say, there are a lot of anxiety and staving off depression. Sleep has been hard to come by. What has helped is re-listening to your shows at night, Ooh. Uh, which is really great to hear. Um, we, there's always that question of like, do you, should we do these episodes when they're so meaningless?
1: Yeah, and it, when, when there's such important stuff going down.
0: When everything and going on in the world seems more important than this, we're recording
1: like, this. You know, COVID nineteen is still happening. We're in month three, basically, of a lockdown, uh, and the George Floyd protests are happening all over the country and world, and people are confronting yeah. once again issues of racism and you know. Uh, so, and then we do our dumb little comics podcast, and like, isn't Justice League funny? So we don't want to be disrespectful to any of these things. So we we'd like to think that it's a pleasant distraction. Yeah. As opposed to a cavalier undermining.
0: And, and it's a sort of distraction. was like a nice break. Uh, and then you could sort of get back involved in, in how you should be in all these sort of more important issues. Yeah. But it, d- take the breath and listen to us talk about Justice League International if you want to. If people chose now not to listen to our podcast, I would have I'd understand.
1: We'd have even less arguments than we normally do. And we have no argument normally. Yeah. To not listen to us.
0: Um, so he doesn't have a question, but he's uh, hoping things get better for everyone soon. I hope you two are doing okay. You may be a couple of brothers talking about comic books, but your work is meaningful to a lot of us. Oh, so thank nice. you, Stan. That's a great uh, email to get. Thank you. Um, there's a few people who are emailing us about nonplussed.
1: <laughs> yes, I accused Kevin of misusing the word so inaccurately, <laughs> and that is now preserved forever. I just had tons of condescending umbrage, and I was so wrong. I did apologize last episode. But I think that has not Kevin released I apologize even as of again. yet. Oh, yeah, the apology is not even out yet. Oh, boy.
0: We're two days from that being released uh, as we're <laughs> recording this now.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I... I, I Except that I will be living with this forever. (laughs) Um,
0: Our next email is from Craig Ambrose. Uh, Hi, hope you guys are well. The more I read of JLI, the more I'm convinced it would make a great Office slash Parks and Rec style sitcom. Hmm. Much of the comic book takes place at the base and concerns the characters' interactions with one another. So the big action set pieces could be saved for mid-season season season finales. Um, uh, First, your thoughts on that,
1: Will? Uh, that's a good point. There's so much comedy that it does feel like it could be that. Um, I, as I, as much as I'm disappointed to not yes, and this, I, I, th- I think I'd want a little more action than that. I, I, I see it more as like a, like die hard, the TV series or something like that, where it is like a humorous action mm-hmm. genre, as opposed to a just humorous, humorous thing. But I don't know. It could, it, it's worth a shot. Like it is definitely within reach of the tone.
0: I mean, it definitely could work. I mean, there's TV shows like The Tick, um, both the Patrick Waterburton version and the more recent one on Amazon Prime. Um, Peter
1: Serafinowicz and Griffin P- P- Newman.
0: Yeah, which I think is, I think it was phenomenal. It only ran two seasons, but I think it's great. Um, has a lot of action, but a lot of humor. Um, and I can easily see if that show is being done with what seemed like not a huge budget, the Justice League International show could be done pretty decently as well. Um, so I can definitely see it being done like in sort of a prestige 13 episode season type thing. I don't know if it could be a 22 episode one lately. I've been thinking about, um, I'm a big fan of Futurama, uh, and Rick and Morty. And those shows have Mm -hmm. lots of action and humor. And I was like, oh, this could be justice league international, like an animation uh, uh, like Futurama, they're always running from something. They're—I mean—they're I mean, they're not heroes by any stretch of the imagination. But there's always some th- threat to the world. Often, yeah. Um, so you could that's easily true. have that sort of stuff, and you could have down episodes and up episodes. Uh, it could work a lot. I, I realize superheroes are often done in animation, but um, they often work too.
1: Yeah, that's a good thought. Uh,
0: anyway, which characters would you choose for the main cast? Generally around six people, um, and or the support generally around four or five. Um, and then he asked for casting. I want to pass on the casting because we get asked about casting a lot. We're bad at it. Bad but if you were going to
1: make a sitcom version of Justice League International, who do you put in it, Will? Kevin, let's do like a thing where I pick one and then you pick one. Sure. So six regulars and five recurring? Yep. All right. Guy Gardner is my first pick. Sure. Uh, Blue Beetle. Um, all right. I'm going to say Batman, even though I know I should say Booster Gold, but I, I want Batman in there.
0: Uh, well, I'm going to say Fire who's not in the oh. book yet, but I think you need females and she's a great character.
1: Gotta have them, as Stan Lee would say, these females. <laughs> um, well, uh, um, I hate to do it, but I gotta say Booster. If you have Blue Beetle, you gotta have Booster. And then I would have to say
0: Ice, which is a pretty, yeah. S- yeah. Um, but I, I do think the lack of powers doesn't affect you as much if it's a sitcom, right?
1: No, and I, well, you want good characters more than powers. You can but get But i probably take powers. Batman
0: out and i probably put John Jones in.
1: Uh, I accept because I'll, I think he's I'll just. I'll take that change. He's going to play he's, off everyone better. He's more Justice League too. He, he doesn't carry his own like baggage of story. Also his shape changing and
0: visibility and those things are very easy powers to show.
1: Yeah. So we got Guy Gardner, Blue Beetle and Booster, Fire and Ice, John Jones. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good lineup. And then I
1: recurring. Mean, we got five recurring. So I'll say Maxwell Lord is our first recurring. Mm hmm. Um,
0: I think Batman could be a recurring character for sure. Okay, He'd be yeah. very fun to drop in every now and then.
1: Okay, and show um,
0: almost like a, a Hawkman disgust Linda's steam.
1: Yes. Uh, who else do we want to do? Rocket Red. Sure. There could be he could, uh, in the
0: sitcom version. There could be satellite offices, and he could be coming from the Russian office. Um, uh, I think it's my pick. Yes. Yes. Um, I think another green lantern would be fun. So I'd probably do John Stewart.
1: Uh, okay. He'd be, he's kind of in that Batman role of like the proper superhero.
0: Yeah. But he would get under Guy Gardner's skin so much. I think that'd be a lot of fun.
1: Uh, black Canary.
0: Sure. She'd be great.
1: I like black Canary. Uh,
0: I think that's five. I think that's it. I think we've cast that's it.
1: it. That's it. So our cast is regular guy Gardner, blue beetle and booster fire and ice. John Jones recurring, or whatever series, yeah, yeah, recurring: Maxwell Lord, Batman, Rocket Red, John Stewart, Black Canary.
0: If I can add two more members of the team, I might do Mister Miracle and Big Barda.
1: Oh yeah, that'd um, be a, that'd be a good pair.
0: I'd want Barda in it if I was going to do it. You'd also want to have Oberon. Then it gets tough, but. Um, Oberon I think a married recurring. couple. I think the married couple would be a fun ca- uh, chemistry. Aspect you could just to it.
1: you could cut Batman and put Oberon. Like it, Batman is so big of a character in the audience's mind, yeah. That even though he works well in the comic, it, you could do without him in the series.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's some. Uh, I think it's it's forced on them in the um, TV shows, the CWT
1: shows, not to have Batman,
0: but also it does help that Batman does not exist in the world of Flash and Green Arrow and Supergirl and Batwoman. Um, he because he would just
1: dominate too much yeah
0: it's just it's hard to imagine him being written well and letting any of those other things happen and him not showing up and just taking control of everything
1: okay so our revised finalist Guy Gardner Blue Beetle and Booster Fire and Ice John Jones Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. we're having eight regulars we're breaking your rules yeah and then five recurring Maxwell Lord Oberon Rocket Red John Stewart Black Canary yeah okay
0: I think that's I think. a good start there you go, Craig. Get that on the network and we'll take producing credits.
1: Uh, Bruce Willis plays all the series regulars and all the recurring will be played by, you thought of a good one last time for a good comedian who should play stuff.
0: Uh, I said Donald Glover from Booster Gold.
1: Okay, Donald Glover plays all the recurring. Okay, <laughs>
0: Okay, great. He's He'll for sure accept he's not busy. <laughs> neither of them are busy <laughs> yeah. Donald Glover's busy Bruce Willis has got plenty of free time <laughs> uh, Jameson Styles emails us to ask a a, uh, a topical question Will. good with a new trailer out for the sequel to the spider-man video game yeah you did an episode on your podcast about I was wondering if you could both buy, if you would both again buy an entire new game console in order to play it when it comes <laughs> out don't know if you saw the trailer we have. But yeah. I was also wondering what you think might happen in it or who the villain is. So uh, what do you think, Will? Are you buying a PS5? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I will too. I don't know if I will immediately, but... Yeah, uh, uh, um, for, for sure. From, from what I've heard uh, about the game, it's not a full game. Uh, someone comp- compared it to another game that I've never heard of, so I can't explain. What it it sounds like it is bigger than the expansions, but smaller than the game we've played. Like It'll be like a half game. Okay. Built on the uh, engine of the old game.
1: I mean, the real Spider-Man game is quite large, so ha- yeah. half a game is still really good.
0: But I think because this is coming out so fast, like they're still working on Spider-Man Two, and then they were kind of working on this simultaneously. It sounds like it's sort of like this is almost like one point five.
1: Um, I just want a chance to be Miles. I think that would be really funny. I'm, cur- you know, I like he's got slightly different powers. I think that'll be fun to play with. I just he's want a website a, more. I just want a web. I mean, I've I've played that game an embarrassing number of times to 100%. So I'm ready to I'm ready for a variation. How many times through have you played it? The main game I have played 7 times through to 100%. Okay. And then the DLCs I have played uh 3 times each. Wow. I've played the main <laughs> game twice, not to
0: 100% either time, I don't think. I was close to 100% the first time. Um but the second time through I didn't care about getting
1: I call the side missions and I I wasn't going to gather every
0: backpack. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I,
1: I started to do it like at night to veg out. It was weirdly soothing. I could, I just got so good at web swinging that I could just like quickly get not quickly, but I could just sort of, I can't explain it. It just felt satisfying to, Check all the boxes.
0: Uh, I've only played the DLC through once, though. So maybe I should again. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that Black Cat mission a lot. That was a really fun
1: mission. They're, they're really, they they each are so great. The Black Cat mission is good for the web swinging, the chase. Hammerhead is like fighting, just like tons of really good combat w- within the world of Spider Man's gameplay. And then um, Silver Sable also is good traversal. There's like just an amazing chase early in that game that's really fun.
0: Um, any idea, any guesses what the Miles uh, villain will be, or what might happen
1: in it? I don't know, and I don't. I'm not familiar enough with Miles' stories to know. I, I, I hope it is as emotionally moving as the first one. I mean, it might not have the time. I, I hope it's something like with his uncle, the Prowler, or like I hope it's something very personal to Miles. Yeah, I mean that would. Was- But that would fit because the Prowler's not even
0: in the first one at all. So that's untapped. But his dad is already.
1: His dad is dead, but the Prowler hasn't been introduced. So I guess I hope it's the Prowler. I think that would just be a really rich story. Um, I assume it's going to be something with like
0: Spider-Man's traveling or something.
1: Yeah. And he's got to like take over.
0: Like he's out of the picture for a little bit.
1: Uh, Well, I I think we know it's not Green Goblin because that seems to be set up to be Spider-Man 2.
0: And also Venom was also implied as uh, coming up. And that's so connected to Harry in the first... These are spoilers for the first game, but those would have to be connected with Peter again.
1: Yeah, so... They're too personal. We're not going to see Venom or Goblin. Um, The Prowler would make the most sense. If it's going to be a Peter villain... um, I wouldn't mind it being Electro. I thought he was kind of the most fun of the other... Non villains that we didn't get a ton of time with in Spider Man 1, so I wouldn't mind more time with Electro. Some I mean, we, scum, we haven't scumbag. seen
0: Craven, so I'm always a fan of Craven. would
1: be fun to see a bunch of animals running through that New York they rendered. Um, Craven's my pick for the next Spider Man movie with Tom Holland. My pick is Toadman.
0: Toadman. Interesting. Toadman. Yeah. All
1: right. Or just the chameleon, all vest pockets, <laughs> all pocket work. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for it. Uh, Me too. I've been been playing tons of games, so I don't mind getting a new system. I mean, I know that's kind of annoying. You have to buy a new system for a game. But, like, I've played mine enough, and I got it on a deal, a slim version, that if I prorated over all the hours I've spent, it's, I don't know. It's it's not so crazy. I
0: played two and a half games on it. I haven't unboxed it since I moved in December. I'm replaying Zelda on my Switch right now. I've basically played three games in the last... 10 years of my life, but they've all been in the last like two years. Play good ones uh, though. Zelda and Spider-Man and God of War.
1: Yeah. I played Spider-Man, God of War, the three Arkham games, uh, Outer Wilds, The Last of Us. I started Con- that first Arkham Con- game. I should go back to that. Oh, it's really good. Uh, Control, uh, <laughs> Insurgent Simulator, which is a terrible game that I played cause I was on Nick Weiger and Heather Campbell's podcast where they sort of made me play it. Um, yeah, those are the game. I, mean, I, th- I think maybe I'm forgetting one, but so that uh, you know, I've got a lot of time in on that system. I'm ready. To, I'm ready. To, I don't mind getting another one.
0: Um, our next email, we've got two more. Okay, uh, John Walker Crow emails. Hey, I just started listening to your guys' podcast. Where were you earlier, <laughs> John? I ask. Uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm a big fan of the JLI because of Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. But since you're talking about looking at other Keith Giffen works, I recommend the first Jamie Reyes Blue Beetle title. A lot of the early issues were from him, and personally, I like it better after he leaves, but it's still an idea um I think hmm. I've had a couple of those issues i didn't I didn't read a long run of it um uh but yeah i mean the the new blue beetle is clearly a character who's here to stay um i just I just don't think it has the resonance with either of us for us to cover it probably.
1: It's probably not going to be high on our list. Oh, that is a good suggestion. It's probably there's probably too many things in front of it that we just have sentimental attachment to already. Unfortunately,
0: yeah. Um, like that um, Blue Beetle just doesn't do anything for me, and I realize it's not necessarily geared towards me. It's you know, he's uh, he's a uh, he's more of a Peter Parker type, but I've got my Peter Parker and in, in Peter Parker, uh, yeah. Jimmy Reyes obviously is I think uh, Mexican or. Um, I actually don't know that. I mean, he might just be um, Latino. Latino in some way because mm-hmm. I haven't read enough of it. But um, so he's not a white guy, which is great. Um, his power set doesn't interest me uh, personally. Uh, yeah. He's one of those characters whose power set seems to be vague. <coughs> uh, he has like a a, a robot suit that from an alien device that seems to kind of do whatever the story needs and I don't think that's true because I haven't read enough of it to know but like that's what it always feels like when I see him in things uh, and I like def- my powers more defined than that um, uh, which is not necessarily fair uh, complaint uh, that in and of itself is not why I haven't read it but um, yeah it also came out in a time when I think I just a lot of DC comics just weren't that good to me so I wasn't reading a lot of DC at that time I should go back and read it. I read enough that I, I've got to go back and read this comic that clearly is good. So many people love it. Yes. Uh, but thank you for the suggestion, John. John Walker. Um, oh, no, that is our last email. This last one is uh, a okay, response great. to another one. Uh, we've got a few others that I'm not, uh, that don't have questions. But uh, those are the people who I'm going to read now, Will.
1: All right. Well, we have another episode next week where you can read those other ones.
0: Yeah, great. So if
1: you want to email us, email us at screwitspidey at, at gmail. couple quick plugs. I do have another podcast called I Will Write Your Book, where I interview comedians who pretend to be needing a book written. They're characters who want a book written. I am the ghost author. I think it's really funny.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I just I listened just on... to the first one. I'm way behind on podcasts. I just listened to the first oh, one.
1: Thanks for checking it out. And, and uh, uh,
0: I'm probably not going to keep listening. I, <laughs> okay, I didn't like, right. I
1: didn't like the main guy that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you gave it a shot. Yeah, sure. And um,
0: uh, this feels a, like a too fantastical a concept. People don't write books. <laughs> um,
1: I have a I have a million guests that I want to have on the show, and I I've already recorded episodes that are going through the middle of August, and we're still just piling on more because I've. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of people I want want to do it with, so yeah. please check that out. Also, I have a band called Wayne and Rodney. Uh, we have two songs out right now, and an album is coming out, I think, in like th- two weeks from when you hear this episode, so please check it out. Wow. You got a lot going yeah. on. Yeah.
0: My no, son has can... been watching um, Lego Batman lately. We've watched Ooh, it four nice. times. Love it. In the last week, uh, he loves it, and the first time I watched that movie, I watched it without him. Uh, maybe a year ago, and I was like, eh, it's okay. I really like it now that I've seen it over and over again. It's grown on me a lot.
1: Will Arnett is such a perfect voice for the way they do the character. It's so great. Yeah,
0: but Robin is really funny in it. Uh, Joker's really great. It's it's, it's a very funny movie. It's not quite as smart as the Lego movie, but it is very funny. And it is a very funny take on Batman. It's great. There's a moment, this is lame for me to say, but uh, where... Robin is worried about missing bedtime, and Batman gets mad at him. He goes, Vigilantes don't have bedtimes. And Robin's like, oh, that's great. What's your policy on cookies? Batman just pauses <laughs> and goes, Unlimited. <laughs> it, it makes me laugh every single time I've watched it. Just Unlimited. I mean, that just is extremely funny. <laughs> it's a very funny response to Batman's personal take on how many cookies he's allowed to have. <laughs> I would think he would have zero cookies. I think I was
1: expecting he seems to be a fitness freak. I didn't think he'd go that nuts on cookies.
0: He talks a lot about his abs in that uh, movie, but uh, unlimited <laughs> cookies. He also refers to he's looking at the picture of his mom and dad and Alfred's like, oh, you're looking at your parents. He's like, what this? Oh, yeah. The old gang. <laughs> Which is such a funny way to describe your dead parents. Ah, the old gang. Yeah, I wonder, wonder what they're up to. Uh, that's anyway, really funny. There's a lot of funny moments like that that I think I just didn't uh, I didn't give it my attention the first time I watched it. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of funny lines in this movie. So anyway, that's what I've been up to. Plug
1: uh, that Will Arnett movie. Yeah, watch Lego Batman. Um, and uh, thanks everyone for listening and emailing us. We'll, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. Watch out for the Metron.
0: Screw it. Screw it. talk about comics. Scooby.
1: Campfire